The question that I submitted was what is the fundamental difference between your teaching of presence and the current popular teaching of the law of attraction? Behind that teaching is really a question about desire. And I have always felt very drawn to the Sufi teaching, which says, hidden deeply within my desire is the desire of God. And yet, <laughs> the law of attraction people are saying you can have or do or be anything you want if you think and feel in a certain way. And I always feel a red flag when I hear that, because <laughs> I think the ego could go wild with that. <laughs> so my question is, is there a deeper fundamental level of desire which is not of the ego? Thank you. Thank you. The Sufis are right, of course, when they say that ultimately every desire is really a disguised desire for God. It's a disguised desire for ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment and being fully and truly, completely who you are. And Basically, we're talking about the source, realizing the source of all life. And everyone is longing for that, but in most humans still, the longing for the, what I sometimes call the return journey to where you came from, the source of all life, but never really left the source, of course, it's not really a journey, but it's words. There's a longing to return to the, the very source of life, and it's really only then, when you have discovered it, found it consciously, then there's a completion there of life. It's, that's what the universe wants. See, I already know y'all gonna be upset with me tonight. I put sleepy Eckhart Tolle on first. But he's saying some quite profound things. See, once again, I gotta shout out Attila Phillips from... Houston, Texas. Now, I didn't have a topic at 1.30 p.m. today. I didn't. I, I was sitting and I was pondering and thinking, what should I talk about? And Attila reached out on Instagram and said, Unc, do you have a topic? I said, you know, come to think of it, I do not. And she sent me this topic and I went crazy. I said, I got a topic now. See, you want to know why your relationships are a mess. You want to know why they become unfulfilling after the honeymoon period. Because <laughs> somebody told you you're a relationship architect, a relationship mason, 
a relationship builder. See, and because you have an ego, you build what you think you want. Let me tell you something. Unless you doing God, you can't do you. Somebody meme it. Somebody go put that on Instagram. Unless you're doing God, you can't do you. God is a part of every decision you make, good, bad, or indifferent. Because every decision you make, right, has a purpose and a reason that transcends your ego. What is tonight's topic? Relationship crafters. Stuck like Chuck. Stagnancy and suffering. As a, listen, as a result of the egoic God complex in humanity. See, if you haven't been introduced to God within, you're acting out of ignorance. You're acting out of blindness. John chapter 1 tells us that, 1 through 5. By the time you get to 5, the light that is God, the light that was God or is God, and the word of God is now shining in the darkness. The darkness symbolizes the body of man, man's body. It is the light that shineth in the darkness, yet the darkness comprehends it not. Do you understand? When you are God blind within yourself, you're out of order. You know why? Because expectations are an extension of desires. So many of us are thirsty crack addicts for fulfillment. We are looking to be fulfilled. And it is egoically driven. I deserve got a whole culture of people talking about what they deserve huh the idea that things should be how your ego envisions them to be is a form of a god complex in relational terms i would compare it to crafting a vision for the relationship to the point that your partner places ultimatums if it's not achieved by a certain point. Is that not the basic breakdown and or definition for I didn't sign up for this? Huh? You stuck, you're stagnant because you're waiting for an external source to feed your ego. An outcome. Ooh, here's a quote. Look deeper into your suffering and you may find the ego's God complex hiding in subtle behaviors you may be unaware of. Huh? What do you believe is the source of suffering in your relationship and what role do you play? Everybody's suffering got to come from somebody else, huh? Somebody else did it. God treats you like a baby. Who did it? Come here, tell me, who did it? Huh? For many people, who did it? You tell me, who did it? Huh? 
What role does your ego play in the perception you have of your partner? Did you hear that question? What role does your ego play in the perception that you have of your partner? How have you allowed these shoulds and unmet and unmet expectations to formulate arbitrary relational timelines that cause conflict? Mm, mm, mm. In what ways do you believe your egoic God complex contributes to the stagnancy and suffering in your relationship? How does your egoic God complex affect your ability to empathize with your partner's needs and desires? You know, they got them, too. They got needs and desires, too. It ain't just you in here waiting on the payoff. Can you identify any patterns in your behavior that stem from your egoic God complex and contributes to the conflict in your relationship? Have you considered how your egoic God complex may be preventing you from fully embracing vulnerability and intimacy in your relationship? How do you navigate the balance between asserting your needs and desires in your relationship while also considering your partner's perspective, needs, and desires? How do you define success and failure in your relationship? And how does your egoic God complex influence these definitions? Can you identify any specific instances where your egoic God complex has caused you to overlook or dismiss your partner's feelings or experiences? I don't know how these questions are are lining up in your spirit, but they're hitting me pretty hard. I want to talk to people tonight from all over Los Angeles. I'm calling out my city. I love my city. I love my people. Call in And share your thoughts. We have gotten away from a real understanding about relationships. Do you know relationships are a spiritual classroom? It's how we mature spiritually. It's not just about satiating a desire that may have been born from a wound. A traumatic wound from childhood. It may be, do you know your desires may come from that? I heard Dr. Jashana Johnson say it so eloquently when we were talking about love languages. She said, uh, I'm not a big proponent of the love language book because many of the love languages are born out of what we didn't get in childhood. Oh, I like gifts. Oh, I like physical touch. Oh, I like, some of that stuff is coming from an unhealed wound. So is it a love language or a love curse? Ooh, Lord. How do you respond when your partner challenges or questions your egoic God complex? You think you got the power to craft it the way you want it to be. Do you? Huh? Do you really have the power? You don't have any power. So long as unhealed wounds have crafted your perspective. You're bereft of power if you haven't healed internally. And guess what, fam? Healing is an ongoing 
lifelong class that you never graduate from. When I come forward, I got to hear from my people. 1-800-920-1580. The number to dial, 1-800-920-1580. Get to your phone lines. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. How have you gotten in your own way when trying to build a relationship safe haven? In addition to your life situation, which exists in time, past and future, there's something more vital, and uh, I call that your life. Now, your life situation, as I said, exists in time, but your life is now. So if your attention moves into the present moment, It's a little bit like waking up out of this dream of continuous thinking, useless thinking, not not constructive thinking, useless thinking that tells you how unhappy you are. So that kind of thinking that creates an unhappy, fictitious mental entity that you think is you, useless thinking. You step out of that, which is almost like a dream of, of... Hypnotic trance of useless thinking. (laughs) Eckhart Tolle is on fire. When you're stuck in the past, he said your life, the life you're living is a continuous moment of now. And you contaminate it by looking to the past or looking to the future. Right? You contaminate it. In relationships, the egoic God complex can lead to stagnancy and suffering, obviously. This complex arises when individuals hold rigid expectations and beliefs about how their relationships should be. That doesn't mean don't have a hope and a desire to have something amazing. But part of having something amazing is appreciating what you have right now. I heard somebody say it this way. In order to have what you want, you must first want what you already have. If you're trying to have better with what you have now, there must be gratitude in what you have now. If there's criticism, if there's fear, if there's doubt, then that's what you're focused on and you get what you focus on, on tonight's show, right? We're going to try to expose the expectations that often stem from the ego's desire for control and dominance. The concept of relationship crafters will delve into the role of the egoic God complex in perpetuating relational stagnancy and suffering. Why is it suffering? Because I ain't getting it now, and I want it now, and I signed up for it, and I thought you were the person that would deliver it. Mm. By addressing the provided questions that I've gone through, 1-800-920-1580, get to your phone lines. I want to talk to you. We can gain a deeper understanding of how our egos impact our relationships and find ways to foster growth and fulfillment from the relationship. The source of suffering in your relationship and your role. 
Suffering in relationship often arises from a misalignment between our expectations and reality. Somebody meme it. Suffering in our relationship often arises from a misalignment between our expectations and our reality. We may expect our partner to fulfill certain needs or behave in specific ways, leading to disappointment and frustration when these expectations are not fully met. Recognizing our role in this, in this dynamic is crucial. By acknowledging our own contributions to the suffering, we can take responsibility for our actions, our thoughts, our deeds, our intentions, and work towards a positive change. The role of the ego in perceiving your partner. The ego plays a significant role in shaping our perception of our partner. It filters our experiences through a lens of self-centeredness. That's what it, the ego is, the me. The me is the center of it all. This leads us to biases and distortions. We may project our own insecurities onto our partner or interpret their actions in a way that reinforces our ego's narrative. By becoming aware of these egoic tendencies, we may, we might, be able to cultivate a more compassionate and a more now-based relationship where we can create an accurate understanding of ourselves and our partner. When we come forward, I'm calling on you to be courageous tonight. I want you to call in and I want you to share how your ego has potentially destroyed something good. Let's go. Yourself. In the, the Oracle of Delphi, in ancient Greece, of course, had the inscription, Know yourself. But knowing yourself is the same as being yourself. Exactly the same. <clears throat> At that level, there's nothing to know. You are present, but there's no further knowing about presence. There's nothing you can know about presence. You can only be present. <clears throat> so to know yourself at a deeper level means to be present and know yourself as presence. There's another level to knowing yourself. There are two levels. <clears throat> One is knowing your own ego, re recognizing your, e your ego when it happens. Observe it. Then you know yourself on that level. <clears throat> at a deeper level, knowing yourself is being yourself. Is the universe telling me that I should stop speaking? <laughs> <laughs> I think so, Eckhart Tolle. That voice was toe up. But the point he was making, being, right? Being what you are, who you are. Being yourself. He said it's synonymous with knowledge of self and once you know yourself he says there's no more after that there's, you understand there's no more you you man when you start to find out at the deepest level of existence that all is one 
Where the Frankie Beverly song at? We are one. When you start to know that all is one, nothing is, and I'm talking about at a deeper level of consciousness, it is our ego that put a border around our spirit, around our personality. It is our ego that has done that. Where we can look at our partner and say, I'm a little bit more emotionally evolved than you. Or I'm a little bit more intellectually evolved than you. You know, in society, I'm a little bit more well off than you. And this is why I should lead. It is the ego that does that. But at a deeper spiritual level, at a deeper spiritual connection, we are one. Get a piece of this. Get a piece of him. When you get this level of consciousness, you start to understand that if I hurt you, I hurt me. That's the that's when you are divorced of ego. So now there there comes this space in the relationship where one says to oneself, I, I no longer want to hurt you because it inevitably hurts me to hurt you. Now we're starting to raise up in consciousness to a different level of how we can actually relate on a deeper level. Do you understand? The influence of shoulds and unmet expectations, the egoic God complex often manifests through the creation of uh, arbitrary timelines and expectations uh, that we impose shoulds or on our relationships, such as the belief that we should be married or have purchased a new home by a certain point. These expectations can create conflict and hinder the natural progression of the relationship by letting go of rigid timelines. That doesn't mean timelines aren't good, but timelines must be pliable and scalable to accommodate the endless ebb and flow of life, right? The present moment is always there with us, but we tend to neglect it because we're always forecasting forward or looking backwards, which is a misuse of the most powerful aspect of time. The, the, the part of time that we spend our entire lives in is right now. This is why hurt has such a power over us. Got us in a chokehold, so to speak. 
Because if one of us hurts the other, or if we both hurt each other, we tend to ruminate on what hurt. We tend to evaluate our previous image of our partner before they hurt us and after they hurt us. Do you understand? And we can't get back because we're always looking back. We're always fearful that it may happen again. Well, you're dealing with a work in progress, so it may happen again. But at a deeper level of love, Frankie Beverly said, we are one. Do you think he was just an R&B singer that rolled out of bed and, and just wrote a record? No, it has basis in spiritual reality. And all relationships are inherently spiritual. When we come forward, we get into the phone lines. Is it our culture, our education, which has so emphasized the me so strongly, and you equally strongly? You follow? That is my ego and your ego. Right? The ego being created by thought. Thought which is limited. Now, when you look at yourself as an ego, the self, the self centered entity, what is it? Actually, what is it? Is it the name, the form, the shape, the idea, the concept, the image? Right? That is the me, with all the tendencies and all the rest of it. Essentially, it is the product of thought. Would you, would you, do you see that? Or do you say, no, no, that's not it. It is God. In me and God in you. You see, you could, that's uh, too silly. Or you may say, uh, the, you see, to maintain this division, man has invented so many concepts. Concepts. The Hindus have extraordinary concepts, the Atman and so on, so on. I won't go into all that. You follow? To maintain this division and to continue. <laughs> you already know how I feel about Krishnamurti. We live in a me society, not a we society. And when the ego's appetite is not fed, what happens? Relationships die. Wow. It's heavy stuff. We got callers on the line. Let's get them in here. Who's been on the longest? Sean, Oakland, California. Get in here. <laughs> well, hey, brother. So my, my thing, my take on this is more... The, the words I would use is self-validation. 
And the reason why, it doesn't matter if you're religious and you, and you really believe in a literal text of religious books or whether or not you, you believe in the literal, um, you know, talks of people who are doing their thing. But self-validation is so important. Let me tell you why, because this really doesn't even, you know, hit a hard point. What it is is that if you believe in any one of those things, like literal interpretation of a Bible, a religious text, or what someone is saying on some website or anything else, right? If you find out that the facts are different, the actual facts, like the truth, you can't really believe in that. Mm -hmm. Because if you do, where does it stop, right? If you believe in a Bible, if I believe in one thing that it does not jive with the Bible, where does it stop? I, I either have to believe that if science is true, the facts are true, or that the Bible is true, or that whatever I'm believing on a website is true. Mm-hmm. So what I'm telling you people is be careful with that self-validation. Because what's more important is a beautiful relationship between you and another person and work on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it, Sean. I love it, brother. And we missed you, man. Thanks, man. I'm glad you were able to come in here and share with us, man. Guess I what you it. just did? Brought Oakland to town, man. I'm telling you, I'm always trying to get through, brother. Hey, thank you, brother. Hey, town business in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, you know the protocol. All you have to do is call us, 1-800-920-1580. We cooking, we cooking, we cooking. Now, the creator of tonight's topic, and she's been delivering topics all week, it feels like. I love it. Atala, Houston, Texas, get in here. Uncle Zo, what's up? How what are up, you? What up? I'm cool. I'm cool. Oh, you know, just chilling, chilling, responding yeah. to stuff in the chat. <laughs> yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on tonight's topic? I mean, I'm gonna go on a bit of a rant, but here um, we go. Go ahead. Let me get I'll out your just, way. <laughs> I mean, I'll just say this. I feel like we are complaining and murmuring and just constantly scapegoating everything else in our lives, right? Our partners, real or imagined, our family, right? Society, all these different things to avoid looking at ourselves. So that's kind of what brought me to um, to this topic because we create our own suffering. Mm. And that's not me, that's Krishna Murti, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we are creating our own suffering by constantly talking about things that we don't want. If you're not even dealing with the issues and why are you speaking on it in the first place, it doesn't make any sense. Hmm. You know, your your issue for stagnancy and suffering is really dealing with your own inner wounds, right, obviously. Um, but also, I think that it's the tug of war. You're double-minded between your ego and what you know to be true for yourself. Hmm. And I'm not, I'm not saying this like I just, I've mastered this. I'm saying this because I've dealt with it myself. You know, when I was reading that book today, I was like, dang, this is me. I got to make a topic on it because it's so real. Well, what and book? Wait, wait. Tell the people what book you were reading. Yeah, so it's a book called The Inner Work, um, An Invitation to True Freedom and Lasting Happiness. Great book. I suggest y'all go out there 
and get it. And um, this particular subject is coming from their chapter on the human plight. And it's basically talking about how to transcend your ego, right? But the only way to do that is to let it die, which is something that we always talk about, right? But um, but no, and, I can't. Hmm? Listen, listen, I'm going to push, not push back, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I can't let okay. me die. Your ego dying is the same as you dying. Atala. That's how, that's, that's what it is to us. What do you mean, let the that's ego die? What? what? <laughs> that's how we perceive it, yes. We perceive it as if, as if, okay, so a great example is kind of, True Margaret was talking about this in the chat a little bit, right? So a great example would be if your partner is giving you feedback, that very feedback and carry, carrying words will look like weapons to you if you're damaged, if you're not healed, if you are in a place where you just don't want to accept that certain truth about yourself because the ego is going to tell you, nah, nah, you know, that person is trying to be malicious. No, they're not. They just peep game and they're telling you about yourself. Mm, mm, mm. So if we spoke to ourselves in the way that a caring partner would, in the way that a, a loving parent would, I think we would have a lot more success. Mm-hmm. Hence why you have to get into kind of reparenting yourself because mm. you've never really been taught what it means to love you. You have no, like some of us have no idea what that's like. And I'm talking to myself as well. Right? We were so, talking about this earlier today when I was talking with Robin mm-hmm. as she was leaving. Listen, loving yourself isn't just getting what you want or doing what you want yes. to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For In this society, doing whatever I want to do Going wherever I want to go, being with whoever I want to be with is 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 like seen as I love myself because I have that power. I have that agency. And when that agency is taken away, most people feel like they're nothing after the agency is taken away. But loving yourself is far deeper than that. Talk to me, Atala. Right. I mean, and what you just described is ego. Is that not the essence of ego? Doing what you want, having what you want, going where you want to go. Mm-hmm. right is that not the ego telling you i deserve this right i mean that's the cheesecake factory conversation is it not <laughs> right and it's funny when you put it in that type of concept all of a sudden you know men in particular understand see yeah she wrong because okay right but we could take that same situation and apply it to somewhere that uh that women would say yeah see that's blah 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 so i think as long as we are focused again on situations that are not involving us, stuff that a lot of times is imaginary, right? Because a lot of these skits are imaginary. You will be stagnant in your love life. Mm. And it's funny because I feel like this permeates a lot of areas in our lives, and we don't even see it that way. You think that because you're still getting a check every two weeks that you're not stagnant. Mm. What about that business that you want to start? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about the book you want to write? Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 hold tight, because you cooking, Atala. When we come forward, we going back to Houston, Texas, because Atala ain't taking no stuff. The world is becoming more and more superficial. Hmm? More and more money-minded, if I may use money Power, position, fulfillment, identification, me, 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 me. All this being encouraged by everything around you, right? 
Now you, you who have travelled, who have seen all this too, what, what do you make of all this business? There are these extraordinary intelligent people, clever people. Hmm? The world is becoming more and more superficial. Money, power, materialism, accumulation. You know, the great Krishnamurti, man, very powerful stuff. And when you get into a relationship with a mindset like that, the ego becomes supercharged. Does your ego have you stuck like Chuck? Stagnancy and suffering. Is, the, is your ego the little devil sitting on your shoulder constantly pushing you towards more and more and more? Right? Where you're not satisfied in the moment with the now. The contribution of the ego to stagnancy and suffering. The egoic God complex contributes to personal and relational stagnancy by resisting change and growth. It clings to the familiar patterns and resists vulnerability, which is wounding, which is pain, which is hurting. In order for a relationship to grow, both partners must be vulnerable, open, and feel pain. This prevents us from evolving as individuals and as a couple. The ego's need for control and validation can hinder the exploration of new possibilities and limit our ability to adapt to changing dynamics of the relationship. Relational suffering, self-imposed or external factors. Relational suffering can be both self-imposed and influenced by external factors. While external circumstances may contribute to challenges in the relationship, our response to these circumstances is within our control. I heard it said uh, another way, right? It's not the issue that is your issue. It's how you respond to the issue that is your issue. That was Mary Hulnick uh, from the University of Santa Monica. Her and her husband, Ron Hulnick, have a spiritual university in the city of Santa Monica. <laughs> right? <laughs> how you respond to the issue is actually your issue. Listen to that. The ego's need for control and validation can hinder the exploration of new possibilities, man. If we cultivate awareness and start practicing self-reflection, we might be able to reduce self-imposed suffering and navigate external challenges to our relationships more effectively. Now, let me bring back Atala from Houston, Texas. She is the one who created this topic, and we're having a great time dissecting it. Atala, please finish, because you were cooking. Yes. Um, so I forgot what I was saying before. <laughs> Lord, Atala. <laughs> but um, let me just say this, though. Your limiting beliefs are what you have to discover in order to figure out the whole stagnancy thing. And again, like I said, if you've got it in one area of your life, 
chances are you got it in multiple, mm. multiple areas. So again, the woe is me thing is that's, that's like a clear sign of stagnancy in my opinion. True my grandma call you out. Um, the, I just want to break out my tiny violins, bro. Mm. Like if your concept is constantly about what the world is like and how bad things are, whatever the case may be, you can't be surprised when you're reaping what you're sowing, the words that you're sowing in your relational life. Mm. Mm. You're sowing negativity. Like what else would come to you but that? There's, there literally is no other way around that. And I, I think that we have to start first with our thoughts and the way that we feel about ourselves. Again, what is it that's telling you you can't? Figure that out. Mm-hmm. You know, figure out how to reverse it and then kind of go from there. But we are causing our own suffering. And I think it's important to, to understand that before we're bleeding out on our partner. Hmm. But don't you need an example to be able to model yourself after? You know, some positive example. Sure. sure. I mean, there's a lot of resources out there. You are an example to me, Uncle Zoe. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Wow. Yes. Yes. And I'm not saying that to like, I'm not saying that because, uh, because you're my uncle. I'm saying this because I've watched you enough to see your growth, right? I think the ability to be as transparent as you have been with your own life, that is the example. Mm. Start there. Mm. Mm. Okay. Thank you, Atala. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't put me out. L- Lord have mercy. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. To see, to see you be willing to do yourself work on a world stage is important. Wow. Because a lot of people can't even do it in the privacy of their own homes. Mm. So start there. Mm. 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 Well, I appreciate you. Guess what you just did. I brought Houston in the building. Houston, Texas is in the building. Come join this national discussion. That's what it is. People call from all over the country because they are moved. They have ideas about what we're saying. And guess what? There will be no judgment if you call. The number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. When I come forward, I'm going to Cleveland, Ohio. And all I got to say. I love this couple, but Andy, be ready. Be ready because they cuss. Now, I, I need y'all not to cuss, but Andy, the whole time they on the phone, I want you to have that finger right on that button. When we come forward, we going to Cleveland. I would like to leave this whole identity. Okay. Anyone else can join, you know, it works like that, actually, you know, it's not specific, you know, if you feel this is something that uh, appeals to you, you have a sense of what that means for you. Uh, Maybe I ask you what it means for you. I see that life cannot be lived longer from any Can it be lived what? Longer. Longer. Uh, I have an appointment to see here, Dr. Sun, (laughs) not hearing something. But to live uh, longer, uh, functioning only on personal identity. Any kind of identity. Uh, Any kind of. So, supposing you would have no. Seeing what you say, if this is what you really say, you have seen by your own power that it doesn't work actually, uh, that life lived merely at the. 
under the, the government of a personal self, of ego, it doesn't work for you. If you come by you, you come to see that. Because that's a very, very rare thing for a human being to say. That uh, at the place of my person is now working. Because they say we are seven and a half billion human beings currently together. How many will say this? I don't know. Even you hit rock bottom, even sick, dying. Who is saying like that? That, yeah, it doesn't work. It's not, oh, life doesn't work. No, it doesn't work with this one in charge. Yeah? Why my ears clinkling? What is he saying? That is the great Muji speaking about how ego is problematic. Now, I'm sure at some point modern-day psychology uh, will catch up to spirituality, hopefully. Uh, it's already starting to go in that direction. Muji is saying our ego is part of the problem, especially in relationship, because our ego has a lot to say about forgiveness, about give and take, about empathy, about compassion, about connection. I always say ego is connected to desire. Desire is another word for expectation. Krishnamurti said it this way. Desire is part of pleasure. The fulfillment of desire is the very nature of pleasure. Desire may be the cause of disorder. Each one wanting to fulfill, to fulfill his own particular desire. Do we not come into the relationship hoping that our desires will be fulfilled externally? Do we not do that? Do we know how to fulfill ourselves? If God is in us, God is with us, and we are one with all things, shouldn't fulfillment come from within? That isn't to say connection with another. That isn't to say being with someone else or wanting to share with someone else is a bad thing. But if that's all you have in terms of fulfillment, are you not set up for the toxic opiate known as attachment? Trauma bonding? I want you to hear it. Let me read it again. Desire is a part of pleasure. Now, remember, when you pursue pleasure, you pursue its <laughs> identical twin. And it's such a twin that it has the same body. It's a two-headed twin. You pursue pain when you pursue pleasure. That's just what it is. Biggie told you when he said, more money, more problems. <laughs> Many of us think the more money we get, the less problems we'll have. That is simply not true. Desire is a part of pleasure. The fulfillment of desire is the very nature of pleasure. Desire may be the cause of disorder, each one wanting to fulfill his own particular desire. Now, Krishnamurti said 
desire may be dis- the cause of disorder. Well, in physics, disorder is known as entropy. The longer a thermodynamic system goes on, the more it falls into a state of entropy, which is chaos. And chaos in the thermodynamic sense means the spark is lost. (laughs) The energy is still there. It's just been transmuted and now you can't access it anymore. Don't relationships get old like that? Relational entropy. Why? Because you've spent so much time chasing fulfillment externally from another. I called it relational obsolescence in the holographic relationship book I wrote, as well as the Shrouded Lighthouse. It's heavy stuff we're covering tonight, but it's important that you understand how the ego erodes your connection when it is unchecked. We got Toya from Cleveland. Get in here. Toya and Will, our married couple. Come on in here. Talk to us. You got to turn your living room down, though. You got to turn your life down just a little bit because we can hear the feedback. All right. Hey, How you guys doing? What are your thoughts on tonight's topic? Well, uh, Happy New Year, first of all, though. Oh, I hope everybody is doing well, especially your brother. I pray for him. Hopefully he's doing well. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. I think he's doing pretty good now. That makes me uh, smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about the topic, it was about the ego. Okay. Mm-hmm. So me and my husband, we are married. We've been together since 2001. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ego thing that I was thinking about is we're coming up on an anniversary, and I'm excited to tell my friends because I'm letting them know, like, yeah, look what I did. I did that. However, if you look into our relationship, there's ups and downs all through it. Mm-hmm. A 22-year-old relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was like, okay, we're coming up on 14 years, babe. This is our 13 years being married, mm-hmm. like legally. So I was like, okay, let me think about when we were about to get married. Let me just think about the people I know that are married, like, you know, my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, my grandma, granddad, great-grandma, great-granddad. And I always noticed that it was one thing about all of the women in those relationships. They always complained. Mm. And so when we got married, me and my husband, Will, the first question I asked him after we got married was, why you say I do like that? Thank you, YouTube. You've been far too kind. <laughs> hey, why you why you say I do like that? Lord, call. What happened? Oh, Lord, the call tried. <laughs> Yo, Toya, Toya, please, 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 Toya, and Will call back. Why you say I do like that? <laughs> God hung up on them like, uh-uh. Y'all not finna come in here and play with Zoe tonight. God said, hang up the phone. Y'all playing. Call back, Toya, please. All right? Let me get to Truemonger from Dallas, Texas. Truemonger, get in here, man. 
soon, man. <laughs> yeah, God hung up on them because he God dropped the phone. Like, uh-uh. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man, what uh, are your thoughts, man, on tonight's topic, bro? <laughs> yeah, ego could be very detrimental if you allow it to control you, which, unfortunately, a lot of people do because a lot of times a lot of us, many of us are full of ourselves. We uh, convince ourselves and lie to ourselves so much and gas ourselves up so much that we think our stuff don't stink. Mm-hmm. Even in relationships. Um, yeah, it can get stagnant. I've been through situations like that where it got a little stagnant. And you have to check it. Before anybody else can check it, You, it's probably best for you to check your own ego. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, your partner could probably point out things that you may not necessarily see, in, which is a good thing, depending on how they do it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people always process uh, information the right way because mm-hmm. they tell us being it. Right. They're too busy worrying about how it was said instead of paying attention to what was said. And we're all guilty of that. Um, once we put that to the side, we can actually focus on what was said we could be better off. We could actually concentrate on what we what we don't do well. Hmm. How we communicate and all that good, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but people like to make excuses, say they don't have time to do it. A lot of times people just won't make the time to check themselves. Hmm. It's because they feel like they got to stay on that hamster wheel or that uh, it's, it's them, it's not me. I'm good. Maybe they got a problem. Which we all got stuff to work on. Mm-hmm. Once we're honest with ourselves, that'll give us a better start going forward. But people have to be willing to be honest. If they can't do that, it won't make a difference. I love this, True. I love their ego this. Will always be in the, their ego will always be in the way as long as they think like that. Hmm. Have you ever suffered, you know, from... Your ego, like, intruding into a relationship and imposing, you know, rigid beliefs and demands and expectations, has has your ego showed up like that before? Looking back on certain situations, yeah. Because at the time, it, was, it may have just been something I wasn't going to go for. Mm-hmm. Not really thinking it through. Mm-hmm. Being, being in my feelings about whatever was said, then processing it and thinking about it later on, having a more sound way of thinking about it. But, you know, those things happen. We're human. Hmm. Those things are going to happen no, no matter what. It's just about handling better going forward and being more patient with yourself. Hmm. A lot of times people just aren't patient with themselves. Hmm. You want to rest things, they'd be out of touch with reality. Like, Everything is not going to happen when, exactly when you want it. Like, like you were talking about the other uh, yesterday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't have a set timetable on everything. Right. So, th- so things are going to happen when they're supposed to happen. Right. You've got to be patient. Most people aren't. Imp- most people are impatient. They want it, and they want it when they want it. Hmm. Whether they're ready for it or not. That's heavy, bro. That's heavy. Man, if you are enjoying the edifying words of Bishop 
True Monger, Clarence Hightower the Third. Please, ushers, please pass the plate, because the brother just finished preaching a sermon that was rooted in the understanding of self and belaying the ego's thirsty demands for satiation. Yes? Well, 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 no, sorry. Uh, True monger, guess what you just did, brother? Oh, man, bro, Dallas in the building. Yes, sir, man, Dallas, Texas is in the building when I come forward. Zoe Williams will continue to cook. Look, if you want to bring your city, call me. Awareness in the service of fear. That's ego. Awareness in the service of fear. Now, awareness in the service of love is not ego at all. When I talk about ego, it's not about that you are aware of yourself or aware that you exist or, you know, aware of the, of the capital I that is you. That, that's just awareness. Awareness is aware of self. Self-awareness. Okay. Awareness is a good thing. That's you being conscious. All consciousness is aware. So let's say, uh, here's a, a difference between, um, ego in the service of fear is typically ego that is trying to justify things. Uh, when you get upset, when you get angry, that's your ego. It's about you. Uh, you want things to be the way you want them. Uh, you, you, uh, you have a sense of what's right and the way people should be. And when they're not that way, you find them annoying. You'd like to explain to them how they ought to be different. All of that's ego, you see. That's all you trying to control the world to be the way you want it. That's because you have fear that if the world isn't the way you want it, it's going to be bad. It's not going to be, you know, it's going to be suboptimal because you know what's best. Well, everybody feels that way, that they know what's best, and they don't agree on what it is that they ought to be doing or what you ought to be doing. So it tends to be, you know, ego versus ego out in the world is what we do. Most people make most of their choices, probably 80% of everybody's choices that they make are made out of fear, ego, and belief. It's the way we tend to operate. It's the nature of a low, of a high entropy consciousness to do that. So it's normal. Pause that. It is the nature of a high entropy consciousness. He's saying the more... I'm so excited right now. I didn't put Eckhart Tolle. That was Thomas Campbell. I didn't put Moji. Jiddu Krishnamurti. All, all the clips to help you navigate the problem of your life. Do you understand? Do you see how he described the ego? No, no, no. We we gonna we gonna finish that. But he said the the, the things that uh, the examples he gave, he 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 buttoned it up by saying that is a high entropy consciousness. Entropy. This guy is a metaphysician. Now he's into metaphysics now, but he started as a, a physicist. So 
He's, did you hear what he, a high entropy consciousness. In other words, your consciousness is always in disorder because fear is always demanding that the outside world becomes safe because your inside world isn't healed. Hi, okay. And so God is such a genius. God says, you know what? The only way to know me is a relationship with me. That relationship is internal. Right? Oh, the only way to know yourself is relationships with others. Ooh, dude, you got entropy because of who, who raised you and how you were molded, right? So now... <laughs> Get in a relationship with me so I can heal you so now you can go out and discover you in relationship with others. Oh, you know, like Maurice White said on the fantasy song, play fantasy from Earth, Wind, and Fire. You will find other kinds that has been in search of you. The law of attraction before the damn book came out, 1974. Let's get a piece of it. on tonight's show your ego got you suffering your ego says i'm too good for the treatment i received from you your ego says do not look at your internal magnet that caused this person to come into your life so you could see the magnet so you could see the problem you know what i hurt somebody and you know what they tell me after I hurt them? You know what? But I learned. You know what? There, you know, I, 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 I participated in something that in my gut I knew I shouldn't have done. If that ain't God gifting you with an experience to reveal you to you, I don't know what is. Are y'all listening to the profundity of what's being delivered unto you tonight? Go back to Thomas. Of a, low, of a high entropy consciousness to do that. So it's normal. So my definition of ego as awareness in the service of fear turns out to be almost exactly the same thing as Freud's definition of ego. 
he had ego as the you know as the sense of self but because most people are driven by fear then most people's sense of self is ego and fear related which makes my definition and Freud's definition about the same thing so so okay, so um, just pause it when we come forward cuz Thomas Campbell is cooking something really special right now. I want you to understand why your relationship is bereft of continuous contentment, continuous happiness, continuous joy. Your ego said it felt good, it tastes good, keep it up! As opposed to saying thank you. When we come forward, we got more. Thing. Okay, so um, let's go to the other example. What is what is you know what is awareness in the service of love? Well, awareness in the service of love is awareness about other. It's about other people. How can I be helpful, as opposed to what can I get and what do I need and how can I get it? How can I give, as opposed to what can I get? Um, Awareness in the service, or awareness in the service of love, is not about self. Fear is always about self. Mm. So when you are fearful, that fear is always about you. So anything that has to do with your fear is about you. It's self-centered, self-focused, and that's ego. So now it's very difficult sometimes to tell the difference between. You, if you do an act or you do something, whether that's out of ego or whether that's not, that's not necessarily a clear thing to judge because you have this, this, this ego is such that it justifies everything. So when you do something, your ego tells you that that's a good thing to do. You couldn't have done anything else. That was the best choice. And that's, you know, that was a fine thing to do. And your ego will tell you. Is he, I don't know. I, Andy is, is he on? Is Thomas Campbell, the author of My Big Toe, The Theory of Everything, is, is he not cooking with the rarest grease we've seen? Talk to me. This is definitely a video that I'm going to have to revisit. Yes. For sure, because he was definitely dropping some nuggets. Woo! <laughs> we got callers. Let's get him in here very quickly. Mimi, we up against the clock. Make it quick. Great to hear from you. What are your thoughts on tonight's topic? Great topic. I'm stagnant because I want to do my work, but I don't want to do my work, but mm. I want what I want. Mm. So I'm kind of off balance right now. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's all right. And I want to know, is there a way to kind of half, halfway do your work? And You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Can you do your work, but not always do your work and still get what you want? Wow. Is that possible? Andy, wants, a a, a, Andy wants to answer your question. No, nah, no, nah, I, I feel you, Mimi. It sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Zoe, sometimes in healing, right, there's a mm-hmm. conflict, right? There's a conflict mm-hmm. because in order to heal, you have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. And at, a lot of the times, you know, we kind of just, uh, I guess we're, we're led by our emotions. We, we react a lot of the times without being aware of our intentions. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mimi, it just sounds like there's a conflict of of interest but yet you know you you want to heal well yes well let 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 me let's go even deeper because that's a great point that andy brought up desire is a part of pleasure 
The fulfillment mm -hmm. of desire is the very nature of desire. Desire may be the cause of disorder, each one wanting to fulfill his own particular desire, Krishnamurti. So let me go back. You're trying to skip the process. You have to go through the fire. And, and, and if I'm hearing you correctly, you said, I, don't, I, I, I know I need to heal, but I don't want to. And why don't you want to? Because doing the work disrupts the peace. Mm -hmm. It disrupts the quiet. See, mm -hmm. we was talking about this before the show. People got a misnomer, a, mis, uh, a, a, a misunderstanding of what healing is. Healing is not doing whatever you want. You cannot heal with your ego at the helm. Mm. See, your ego wants to feel good about it. Mm. Your ego wants to feel like it's getting something. Remember what, what Thomas Campbell just said. The, the ego is about getting. Mm. So many of us go into the healing process with ego as the captain because we want to get something. We don't want to mm. observe our wounds, observe them without judgment. Do you know how difficult it is to look at a wound without judging it? Mm. Damn, this shouldn't have never happened to me. Why did this happen to me? Damn, did I deserve this? God, where are you? Man, why do I keep attracting the same kind? Do you see what I'm saying? The ego yeah. is there dictating the whole healing process. So can you really heal if that's the case? Right. Andy? No skipping. No skipping. What about <laughs> I understand my role in the reason why I feel this way? Mm -hmm. Is that part of healing? Like holding yourself accountable? L listen, I understand. First off, accountability is really self-awareness. And in order to heal, you must see yourself as a creator of the experience you claim you didn't want. Do you, wow. do you see? It is your ego that says, you, like, Thomas, like Thomas Campbell just said, you did the best you could. You couldn't have did anything other than what you did. That's your ego saying, let's skip the lesson. Let's skip accountability. Mm. Do you see? Mm. Yeah. It, it, everybody like this, Mimi. So there's no judgment for you. There's nothing but love for you. But everybody is saying, when do the lessons stop? When do I get what I want? Right. I'm tired of going through this. How many times? How many more times? I, got? I said it to God today. I had a full argument with God in the park today. Mm. So I, I'm just trying to point this out. We play this game. We act like we really want elevation. Love is synonymous with God. We want God in our relationships, but we won't let go of the ego, which is the devil. Remember I said the ego is that little red devil sitting on your shoulder saying you did the best you could. You tired. That's who's whispering fatigue yeah. into your spirit it's your ego how long i gotta yeah. do this why do i gotta yeah. keep doing this why am i why why am i called to this situation because god is saying don't you know love is infinite like me like you the me and the you of it is irrelevant does this make sense to you mimi 
Gemini's. I love y'all. Well, listen, I appreciate you. You brought Jacksonville in the building. Let me get Theo, Charleston, North, South Carolina. Get in here, man. No, you get on right there. there. Excuse my language. Oh, my God. You just, just dropping juices now. So, I got to go with it real fast. Mm-hmm. Though, you just said it to me and to my spirit and to my ego and to my desire, pride, all of that. I hear you just said the word, the awareness. If I'm aware of how I'm listening to podcasts, how I'm listening to shows, I'm listening to your show, I may be listening to the therapist online. To me, of course I want to go to therapy, right? But if I do the if I do myself the service of listening to these um therapists before I get in the room, I already know what they're going to sometimes even hit hit me with. Now my my pushback is not to like see I told you so. See I told you so. It's not to do that. It's just to say, "Hey, at some point accountability got to be say, you know what? This is this one's on me. This one is on me. I'm going to take accountability for my actions in this moment. But but what doesn't show up is the awareness of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm frustrated with not getting accountability because So let me let me let me let me, let me stop you. Let me stop you. Frustration stop is for children. Mm, good point. Good point. When a child is looking for that damn pacifier, they get frustrated. Right. Then they get angry. Then they start crying and kicking and doing everything else. You give them the, you give them the pacifier, they calm down. You have to understand, man, being disappointed, dissatisfied, or, or not happy in a situation is par for the course. We all, me too, me included, we got to learn how to sit in it. I appreciate you, Theo. Thank you for the call. Up next. My girl, your girl, our friend, Jill Monroe, RSVP with Jill Monroe. The fire continues. Deuces.